Hello and welcome to another wall running episode of Save Station Radio. I am your host Dustin, and with me is Connor. Hello there. And on this episode, we will be checking out Blue Fire by Roby Games. Yep, definitely not our first wall running game. We've done a couple of those, I think. Yeah, wall running's cool. Initially released on February 4th, 2021 for PC and Switch. It uh, then was released on June 1st, 2021 on Stadia. July 25th for PlayStation 4. And that is all the platforms. <laughs> uh, there's Xbox One as well, but um, it's hard finding exact release dates for a lot of these. Just because I didn't write them down when they are coming out. And there's no like Wikipedia page that lists them all or anything. So... Sorry about yeah. that. This game's so indie, it doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. Oh, it's so, so cool new, we are. so indie. So cool. Yeah, but it is on all platforms, all modern platforms. Of course, playable on PS5 and Series X through backwards compatibility. If you are unaware, this is, once again, published by Roby, and, or not published, created by Roby and published by Graffiti Games, an indie dev and an indie publisher. I, I guess it's fair to say it's a 3D platformer slash action-adventure game. Yeah, that sounds about right. The way I was kind of describing it is it's like a mix of a Zelda game and a Mario game. If those two kind of merged together and then threw in a bunch of other little details from other things, then you'd kind of get this game. Yep. You 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 grabbed some, some of the very little background info we could find <laughs> on this game. Uh, do you want to let us know about its, its publisher and developer? Yeah, so... The developer, this uh, studio, Roby Studios, this is their first game, as far as I could tell, and they are based in Cordoba, Argentina, and that's about all you will ever get from their website as of now. Their About Us page is just that. Yeah, that's about all you could gather from their About page. Uh, Looking at the game's credits, uh, it appears to be directed by Gabriel Rosa and Santiago Rosa. The main crew also includes Mariana Rosa, who did, who's the executive producer, Mariano Rosa, who did programming and technical art, as well as uh, Paul Lalhe, Lalhe uh, who's a game designer, level designer, 3D art, and tool development. Uh, Julian Quiroga uh, was a level designer and 3D artist as well. Corando Lalhe uh, for sound design, and Gonzalo Funriher. Uh, rigging and animation again sorry about the pronunciation of all of those yes so we are looking at a very very indie uh, style game we both played the playstation 4 version which obviously uh, that was also worked on by a porting studio too i believe there's a bunch of other names on that so yeah the credits are not exclusively that these are just the people i guess officially employed by roby studios yeah Yes, like I said, we played the PlayStation 4 version. Uh, A thing to note, there is DLC for this game, not yet released on PlayStation 4. So we we will not be talking about that uh, in this episode. So apologies for that. If you are on any other platform when this releases, it will be out there, though. So we're hoping PS4, I guess PS4 and Stadia, if you are the two people playing Stadia games right now. Yeah, you, you also have to wait for the DLC. Yeah, so we're waiting for that. And then if you happen to play games on pc you might want to look into that version because there is a level creator an officially uh, released level creator for it so if that seems sounds like your kind of thing maybe check that out as well yeah the developers also released um modding resources so the modding scene i'm sure is going to be uh sizable for this kind of game um i will also say for the dlc on the um, description for it it does say the first dl first free dlc so it seems that they have plans for more. We may cover that in a future episode when we revisit this game, but uh, as of now, it's just the base game that we yep. that we'll be discussing. All right, um, personal history. You would think, oh, it's a new, it's a newish indie game. Do you have personal history? We actually do have personal history <laughs> with this game because just behind the scenes, we keep a calendar and a list of what we want to be doing for the show. You know, we have rough, like, estimates and when we'll get things done. Poor Blue Fire has been on that calendar since it released. <laughs> yeah, we were seeing some stuff as it was coming out. We're like, oh, we should definitely talk about this. This seems like both uh, up both of our alleys. So we put it on the schedule, 
and then it got shuffled around other things jumped in and um we had blocks to do two games so it got shuffled around to fit prey in there and then we figured new year uh let's actually clear it off the calendar <laughs> new year new us <laughs> new blue year fire. blue fire on the schedule so we've actually been excited for this one for for a minute yeah poor, poor blue fire <laughs> just kept, kept making it wait um so yeah uh very very excited let's get into the actual review Let's start off with our top level opinions. Uh, why don't you start, Gunner? Uh, right off the bat, I want to, um, like we said, we both played the PS4 version. Uh, I believe we both got a physical PS4 version. Yes. Um, the physical PS4 version also comes with like manuals and stuff. <laughs> yes, that was also shocking to me. Yeah, so just quick shout out there. I love that kind of stuff. I love seeing all the art and stuff, so. Full color and everything. Yeah, it's very, very cool. I mean, especially for an indie game, right? We didn't really mention it, but like this is their first game and it's on pretty much every platform. They're giving free DLC. They're they have a nice physical version of it. That's that's really cool. And that's also, you know, part of their publishers uh working on that too, I'm sure. So But I mean their publisher graffiti really games cool. we didn't really talk about. They don't they haven't published like a lot of high profile games. Like the ones we recognized were the Kingsbird because it was developed by Serenity Forge, who always has a booth at our local conventions. Um, and I guess Turnip Boy commits tax evasion. <laughs> that was the only name we really recognized. And I'm gonna be honest, I don't even know what that game is. I just remember that name because it's so funny. Oh, it's very memorable. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was about it. So it's not like a high level or high profile publisher, but. I mean, cool. I love the physical version of it. Art's really cool. The I love the inside slip cover. has cool art, too. It's not a reversible cover, but it still has very nice art. And then the manuals and all that. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, as for the actual game, <laughs> you know, the thing you actually play. Mm -hmm. This was a game that took me a little bit to get into. Like, there's something about just the way it controlled. It feels a little bit loose and there are some things that just didn't quite click like the camera was a little bit at like a weird angle at all times that was kind of just like my first thought also just the environment design at the start was a little um a little muted just especially for like a platformer is i think it was leaning a little bit more on its uh dark souls influences uh that's all like the opening moments of the game once you get to like the first town and then start getting some movement upgrades, I started really, really enjoying this game. <laughs> you could find one pretty early that functions as like a delayed double jump, just super good. You get a dash right from the start. You start getting stuff like wall running and then it becomes this very mechanics driven platformer where you're forced to really think about all of your moves and how you can sort of exploit the level design by using them, which is a lot of the same like things I really appreciate in some of my favorite platformers like Mario Odyssey, where it feels like you can do some really crazy stuff with its mechanics. So once you get going in Blue Fire, it definitely feels like that. And I think that's where I had the most fun with it. I really enjoyed the character designs, the quirky environment, and some of the fun dialogue was a lot of fun. The environments did take me a little bit to actually memorize because some of the areas look pretty similar. Like each area looks distinct, but then within the area, certain rooms kind of blend together. But other than that, I think this is a high recommendation for me. Yeah, I pretty much had the same reaction to it. Um, I, I think I probably was a little higher at the beginning. I did like the beginning. Um, I liked the muted tone of it. I, I think that like it just made it stick out to me in a world of platformers. Uh, I was initially a little concerned about the Dark Souls stuff, not necessarily the mechanics that it wears on its sleeve, more so like, oh, we're getting all these different items and these different resources, and these things are like souls, and you have the blue fire, like these different items, and I was like, this is a little overcomplicated. But as the game went on, I feel like that stuff clicked into place. 
well, and I definitely echo your opinions on the gameplay, the platforming gameplay itself. It is exploitable in the best way. It is so much fun to uh, figure out how to break levels. There's essentially a perk system, and these perks offer you different benefits, and that allows you to be like, okay. Uh, for example, one of them will let you run on thin air for a couple seconds, which is probably the one that breaks the game the most. Yeah, honestly. I love that one. It's the hover yeah. boots from Ocarina of Time. Yeah, which is great. Uh, it's the kind of game where, like, exploiting it definitely breaks it and ruins the challenge, but it's fun. <laughs> you know, it doesn't feel like you ruined it for yourself. It feels like, oh, I solved this puzzle creatively in my own way, and this is awesome. And it gives you that feeling of accomplishment that, um, yes, games like Mario Odyssey definitely achieve. That's not to say that this game isn't, you know, challenging. Obviously... No, not at all. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the challenges if not fully equipped with all of the sort of game-breaking abilities, the challenges are really smartly designed to be very difficult. Some of them, especially like uh, there's these void challenges that you can go in. They'll give you a heart container if you beat them, but they're basically just straight-up platforming stages. Think like um, the sub-areas in Mario Odyssey again or um, some of the sub-areas in Mario Sunshine, uh, that kind of stuff. Yeah, the flashback levels in Crash 4. Like, it's, it's very much, like, just focused on platforms and challenge. Yeah, and challenge is the right word because some of these can be pretty brutal. Um, all of them, before you enter them, will have, like, a display of what it's called and then a little uh, picture. And then on the bottom right of that box is a star rating for how difficult it is. So, like, I feel like one and two, obviously, are pretty much a cakewalk. Three, I found, could be pretty easy. Like, it makes you think a little bit, but... They're not too bad. Uh, four, if you don't have the proper abilities, can be punishing. And then five is just punishing no matter what. <laughs> yes. And even with breaking the game, I found some of those challenges to still be pretty rough, but in a good way, in a way that was like, it's the kind of thing where you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and you're like, oh, I need to go to bed. I'm tired. One more. One more. And then one more turns into 10 more, and then 10 more turns into 15 more, and then you've done it two hours later. <laughs> That's probably on the extreme end, but yes. <laughs> You finally finish it, you look at the clock, and it's 3 a.m., and you're like, wait, I should probably go to bed. <laughs> yes, but I, I think it's very well designed in that aspect. And, and you know, it's basic gameplay. You are you are jumping, you're double jumping, you're dashing, you got an air dash, you're wall running. You've got a spin jump as well, so you effectively have a, a more skillful triple jump because you have to charge up the spin and um, use it effectively, which is cool. Which, uh, if you're on a moving platform, be careful <laughs> when you charge up that spin because you have slash which means you might fall off. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of the Slash, this game does also have combat. <laughs> it does, and that was... I I think it's the weakest part of the game, honestly. I think for the basic enemies, yeah. Some of the boss fights can be kind of interesting, but for some of them, including the final boss, it felt more like a war of attrition than it did like a challenging dodging <laughs> uh, skill challenge, so... Oh, yeah, I like the bosses, because the bosses are typically large enemies, and this is the kind of game where it's very nimble, you're going to be flying all over the screen, um, and, and I feel like the smaller enemies, it was easy to kind of lose them a little bit, um, it's easy to kind of, like, you know, take damage when you didn't feel like you should have, when you didn't mean to. Yeah, um, even with the lock-on. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of button mashing to, to hit quickly, um, you know, you have the spin jump, which is a slash attack as well. There's lock-on. And, and enemies are hard. They will take off a lot of your health, uh, especially later on. The combat can be challenging if you're not paying attention. I just don't think it's it's the highlight of the game. And luckily, you know, it's not forcing you to do too much of it. And again, the boss battles are good because they're always against bigger enemies that allow you to kind of hone in on them and slash and then get away really quickly. And it's usually just one enemy, so you don't have to worry too much about um, losing them and in, in how hectic it gets. So... Yeah, base combat, not 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 this game's strongest suit, but boss battle's great. You said that they deal a lot of damage, and that is very true. There is, you know, upgrades, and obviously, because we mentioned the perk system, and then some of the movement upgrades you unlock, but uh, you can also find upgraded weapons. Just, they're all double swords, but some of them do more damage. That's a great for dealing with enemies quicker, especially if you go out of your way to find some of them. But there's no upgrade for how much damage you take. <laughs> yeah, and and I think my problem. It, well, actually, I'm gonna start positive, then we'll go back. So, 
don't let me forget. <laughs> the, th the thing I really like about this game is it's really good about rewarding you for doing side stuff. Like, really good about it. It's a great platinum, if you're into that. There's no, no garbage trophies. I think, did you platinum it as well? No, I didn't. Uh, I managed to do some of the five-star challenges, but I didn't end up doing all of them. Okay, okay. It's uh, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. The hardest thing to do in the Platinum is to just do all the Void Challenges. But it's really good about always rewarding you with either a new gameplay ability or a new weapon. Which, again, the, the weapons are all the same. It's just, like, they look different and they have uh, stronger stats. Um, or a new outfit, which this game has. Like, it's always rewarding you with that kind of thing. And I feel like it's always fun to do that stuff. Even doing all the Void Challenges. Like, when you do a Void Challenge, you get another heart. It's basically, like... Like the exact, it looks like the Zelda hearts, but when you do them all, you get a new outfit. Like you, you just get new stuff constantly, and it's always rewarding you for for engaging with the side stuff, which I really liked. And it's always allowing you to upgrade stuff. And and I, it, to feed back into what I was saying about the combat, my problem with it is I feel like I'm constantly getting upgrades to my platforming abilities, but not to my combat. I get better stats, but I don't get more interesting ways to deal with it beyond the first couple of hours. You know, you have a parry, and you have a ranged, like, spell attack, and the parry I only used on one boss <laughs> consistently, and the ranged spell attack I occasionally used. I only ever parried one enemy once, and I don't remember what it was, but I only remember actually triggering it once. Yeah, and the parry is also a shield, I should say, but again, because of how nimble you are, you don't really want to sit still and use the shield. <laughs> um, I did end up using it just to tank through hits, but... That was the most you said I, I got out of it. Yeah. Um, but that's my problem, right? Is I feel like you're constantly getting new things that, like like I said, you effectively have a triple jump, but you can get uh, a perk that allows you to have a triple jump on top of your spin dash or your spin slash mechanic, so you have, a like, a quadruple jump at that point. Like, you're getting really cool things like that all the time for the platforming, and it feels like the combat's a little neglected, which makes it feel um, like the weaker part of the game, even if it's, like, not bad. It's just kind of there. But we talked about, you know, platforming and combat. There's also quite a bit of exploration in this game. You know, you're, you're finding new locations, and I really like the locations. I, I hear what you said earlier about some of the rooms looking similar, especially in the first couple of areas. And, you know, we won't spoil areas beyond the first beginning ones, but, like, the second area you go to is a sewer area that I found could be a little confusing. <laughs> so I, I hear you on that. I think the biggest thing that, tripped me up was a lot of the doors looking similar so i never really knew which door went where until after i went through it and then there's something that i just could not get my brain around to actually memorize them all so there was a lot of times especially in like the first city area where i would go through a door and then be like oh no i'm not supposed to go this way and then i go back through the city have to platform all the way through it again and then get to the other door <laughs> I think there's one area that does this really well, and that's like the temple gardens, where certain doors have like environmental stuff around them. So like to get to the first city, there's a bunch of vines around the door. It's like, okay, I know where that leads, rather than mm -hmm. some of them where it's just, you know, it's just another door. You're like, okay, where does this go? Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think ultimately what that, that problem signifies to me is this game needs a map. It I, really does. It's a game that asks you to traverse the overworld a lot, and for it not to have a map, I think, is one of its biggest problems. Because um, I agree, I also spent a lot of time being like, oh, no, wait, that's the wrong way. I need to go another way. And it just felt kind of frustrating. It didn't feel like it was my fault, even though I guess, I guess it is. I could have memorized. But I, I just don't think the world is set up in a way that feels conducive to memorization <laughs> in yeah, that I way. Mean, there's, I feel like if this game, if the main areas, because there's essentially three, three or four main, like, areas and then some side connecting areas if they were like situated in a way just like a circle <laughs> in the overworld then it could kind of piece together but like they're all kind of vertically stacked and going at weird angles and so that's why i could never really quite keep it in my head yeah and they all kind of interconnect again it's very much trying to do the you know interconnecting world thing i don't want to say like dark souls it's like anything but like it, and that's great and once you do learn it it can be quick but it also can lead to some moments of like no i didn't mean to go to the sewers i meant to go to the other place like you just, you just get moments like that that can be quite annoying 
but uh, it's not the end of the world, I, I think, but it, it does. It, it, it is an issue, and I wish they had had a map to kind of alleviate that frustration. Um, but you mentioned, we were talking about the upgrades, you are talking about engaging with this game's side content. I think there's a lot of side content that's really worth going into. Yes. Um, not in any sort of spoiler ways, but um, I also mentioned, you know, the characters and writing a lot of those are side quests that you have to talk to someone they'll give you an item or a quest or something and you know usually usually maybe it's just take this item over here or you know go find an item and bring it back but um i feel like the writing and characters are you know quirky enough and fun enough that you want to do it and also some of the items you just stumble across anyway and then you come across the person's like i need this it's like oh i already bought that earlier so here you go yeah, totally. It definitely has that like RPG thing where you can pick up stuff early, which is fun. It, it, this is a game that I think does fetch quests like that really well because it is a platformer. So when you go to a person who's like, oh, I need these five books or whatever, those five books are scattered around this area where you have to explore and platform to go find them, which I, I think just, you know, feeds into the to the game in, in a way that's really good and fun. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, the dialogue you get for interacting with these characters is so fun. <laughs> like, a lot of them are my favorite moments of the game. Most of the time, it's just very charming and funny. So a big shout out to that stuff. And we're going to talk about stuff in spoilers. And and honestly, more than the main narrative, we didn't even like do a summary of the main narrative or a, you know a, a premise because and I and I think there's a reason for that because like it's not that interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a there's a dark presence, a dark lord there's you know underlings you have to go save there's spirits and it doesn't really do anything interesting with that in my opinion um your character is not really a character they're just kind of a vessel they don't speak so there's no connection there it's very much a gameplay driven thing so it's not a big deal but i i think the best writing is in those side characters and they're definitely worth doing and exploring yeah which i mean to be fair, that could be said of a lot of really great games, especially a lot I'm of sure. really great Zelda games where the main narrative is pretty cliche. You know, you're a chosen one. You got to go stop the evil, whatever. But then that opens the door for quirky side characters and fun dialogue. And then, you know, your main character doesn't have to be that interesting because you're there. Like you can be the one sort of hanging out. And I mean, it's not something I'm holding against it. I just think that like, if you know, it, we're, we're praising this i just think it does need to be much of it. the main quest is like kind of whatever it is just it, it feels like it more exists to facilitate the gameplay and then some of the outside exploration stuff yeah i mean i will say that this game tries to throw a lot of like na- proper nouns at you yes expecting you to remember them and it's yep. like okay no i remember them based off of description so it's like oh this here's the fire guy okay cool <laughs> like that's the main reason i know that but like his name, his story, what he was doing before this, who he works for. Yeah, I don't remember any of that. And that is kind of an issue where, you know, it's a fantasy thing. And fantasy things get bogged down with proper nouns and characters and names you've never heard before. But, like, it, you know, if you're not giving me interesting things to latch on to, I'm not going to remember those. But, I mean, essentially that's a nitpick because it all just serves the gameplay, which is the more yeah. interesting thing. Yeah, totally. And, and and I think the side writing makes up for it more than makes up for it. I think it's a very pretty game. I I really like the areas. I really like how distinct they look. It's uh, I don't think it's quite cell shaded, but it, it looks nearly there. It doesn't quite do the like low poly indie platformer thing, but it's also not far away from that either. It has an interesting like in between look that I think makes it stand out and look really nice. Uh, it looks very clean, I guess I would put it. Like, it's very simple but effective. It's very stylized, I think, is the main thing. Is You know, it's not trying for realism, obviously, but it's yeah. also not trying for a specific, you know, retro look to it. It just has its own style, and it really works for the environment and story that it's trying to portray, as well as, you know, serving good gameplay clarity especially with like its use of colors and its use of um, particle effects, I think especially. So, you know, it's, it's style is really solid, but that makes it look 
look really good, you know, even for, I mean, I guess technically a last gen game, but like, I think it still stands up as just a really solid looking PS4 game. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's really pretty. And, and, you know, I love the character design. I like our main character a lot. I like the, like, I think the characters that are meant to look cool look really cool. And the characters that are meant to look really cute look really cute. Like they nailed that stuff in a way that I think is, is really um, fun to look at, you know, and some cool environmental design too. Like there's some really, there's really cool statues all over the place. Um, You know, you kind of get hints about the world through them that I, I think is really nice and well, well done. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only technical nitpick is there's just a lot of stone structures. <laughs> That's true. Which, which makes sense, but I mean, the whole just... thing does take place in a castle. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. So and it I... being varied is, and having different environmental stuff is kind of a blessing if it's all, you know, a castle. <laughs> Yeah. which to be fair it is quite easy to forget it all takes place in the castle which is i think both a compliment and a detriment because it it shows that they found really good ways to give us environmental diversity within that area but also like you kind of do lose connection to the environment a little bit yeah when there's like entire pools of magma you're like wait what how did this get up here <laughs> yeah this is a castle with different biomes <laughs> So yeah, it's it's a little silly, uh, but but I, I I quite enjoyed it overall. You know, it's I a do video wanna, game. Yeah, I do want to say right before we get into spoilers because we're we're about to. Um, I want to double back to gameplay because I did forget to mention about the combat specifically. Uh, I really don't like aerial enemies. <laughs> They're the only thing I truly disliked about the combat um, that I thought was like okay, but like aerial enemies, I felt like you're supposed to dash to them and the dash like auto locks to them and sends you up there. But I felt it was finicky at best and didn't work all the time. And I just really started taking unnecessary damage. And by the end of the game, if I could just straight up skip and platform past those guys, I did. And not in a good way. I think it's like the one thing about the skin that I think is truly annoying and kind of bad. Yeah, I think that's definitely, that's definitely something I noticed, um, especially when the dash decided not to go towards the enemy and send me off of a cliff. Um, And then also, once you get to them, you know, you're going to be attacking them, but most likely that's going to send you over top of them. And then the camera really wants to stay to them. Uh, So I feel like it can snap around a little jarringly. Yeah, right over top of them or right below them. Like, I felt like I was bonking my head on them. A yeah, a little bit of that too. Um, I, f- I will say once you realize that act- after attacking an enemy while you're in the air, it refills your jumps and your dash, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, then you can be an annoying little bee and just jump on their head over and over again. Yeah, it um, trivializes it, but I don't think it's like, it's not like when we f- talk about exploiting the platforming where that feels cool. It doesn't feel cool to me. It just feels, it's still like, I just wish this was better. Yeah, or you just wish they would die faster. Like, yeah. okay, I figured out how it works. Now just let it be over with. So yeah, I I understand that. Yeah, I would sk- often skip enemies if I could. One more structural thing. The, this is a game with dungeons, uh, and I really liked the dungeons. But once you get about halfway through, they stop giving you dungeons, <laughs> and I felt that was like that was kind of a shame. It's not something that I think ruins the game, but I, I really enjoyed the setup it had and the first couple dungeons that we get. And then um, beyond that, I found it to be a little disappointing that they stopped happening. Because there's only like, what, two or three total? I'd say there's three, and the third one's not really listed as a dungeon, but I think it counts. Yeah. Um, just because the area's set up like one. Yeah, beyond that, the other the other bosses are accessible just from the open world, and you have to go to, to challenges, which I think is just kind of a weaker solution. It, but, you know, I, I also cognizant of the fact we're talking about a very indie game and maybe they just needed to get it out or something. Well, I think it also, I, it works out because in order to access the last couple bosses, you do need to do some platforming in the overworld that you maybe didn't do before that. Um, this isn't true for all of them, but, like, there's, like, areas you just haven't been to yet so that you could kind of make an argument that those are the dungeon because they're they're not super combat focused or heavily puzzle focused like a lot of zelda dungeons they are more platforming focused so by having more platforming segments in order to access those then you consider that but i mean that's kind of a excuse for it because there is a lot of just going back to areas you were at and then just doing some 
like maybe a couple more jumps that you didn't do before. While there are some unique areas, it does feel a little bit samey after that. Yeah, and it's not terrible, but it's just, I don't know, it, it feels a little, um, it, it feels a bit weak to me, unfortunately. Well, maybe the DLC will pick up that slack. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and then the other thing I want to mention is the music's really nice. Yeah, I couldn't remember a lot of it, but it worked really well for the environments. Yeah, some of it feels straight up like Zelda music. <laughs> One track in particular. Uh, but but I that's not a that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it and I enjoyed listening to the OST afterwards. So it, it's it's pretty good. Anything else before we move on to spoilers? Uh, nope. I think I'm ready. All right. Yep. We're gonna spoil some stuff. Mostly side quest dialogue and stuff like that. I think you know some of the end final boss stuff as well. Uh, I think we both recommend this game though, right? Yeah. I I don't. It might not go on sale a whole lot, like Justin mentioned earlier, but it's still not too expensive and I think it's worth what, like the 25, 30 bucks it's off. It's asking. Yeah. I think it's like maybe 20 digitally and 30 for the physical. I want to say. So yeah. And the physical does go on sale more often than the digital one. So yeah. Um, yeah, definitely seek it out if you're interested. Obviously the PC version is going to give you the modding stuff that the other versions don't. And then you might have to wait longer for DLC on PS4. But there you go. Yeah, totally. Um, and like I said earlier, it's a fun platinum if, if you're into such things. It's going to challenge you for the, through the platforming because you have to do all the void stuff. But like everything, it's it's worth doing it. It drives you to do all the side content in a, in a fun, satisfying way. So yeah, definitely check out Bluefire. And we're going to move to spoilers. So if you played the game, stay around. Or if, I guess you don't care. <laughs> stay around. Uh, to be fair, it is not the kind of game where I think spoilers should stop you from playing it. Like we said, it's not super story-heavy. Alright, let's start this off with our favorite side quest slash interaction. And while you think of one, I'm going to say, I love the the side quest to get the house. Oh, yep, with Cody. It's so good. You, uh, I actually found the, the dude out in the open world first, and he talked to him, and he's like, yeah, I can't go back to the village because I stole these house keys, and if I have this for more than a week, I get it, basically. Yeah, if I hold these keys for five days, I get the house by yeah, default to the village and you get us and you meet the uh the realtor they're <laughs> like if you go get these keys back for me you know um i'll pay you or whatever and so you go back to him uh, to get the keys back and then your character just pushes him off into lava <laughs> yeah it's like oh well you gave me the keys he's like no i'm holding on to them and you just straight up kill him <laughs> it's so funny it's like shocking and you're like <laughs> so dumb and it's just dumb little cute little characters um and then you get the house which i liked yeah, you go back and he's like, well, I can't sell it now, so you can have it. Yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Um, what did you think of the the emotes real quick while I continue to think of my... Oh, I thought they were a good, um, you know, a good incentive for exploring. Um, you, f- you find these statues and you pay them like 200 of the currency, which we didn't mention before, but currency is super easy to come by in this game. Yeah, you can unload an area that has a bunch of it and then just reload it and pick it up again. So it's, Yeah, there's also a upgrade you can get or a perk you can get that doubles your currency when you pick it yeah, up. So. Uh, not to mention, your, a lot of the rewards for exploring are gemstones, which if you take to a guy in one of the in the first town, then you can sell them for uh, decent payouts. I was It was a game where I was struggling because my wallet would be too full all the time. <laughs> Yeah, you had to buy wallet upgrades like Zelda. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I like the emotes enough. They're cute, too. I like that they're also used to, for the um, the open world puzzle solving, which is never required. But um, you'll find these little pads on the ground, and they'll have a specific emote on them. And so you'll have to have that emote into it. And then a chest will appear somewhere else in the environment that you have to go platform to get, which uh, I thought was effective. So a lot of those items are 
just weird items like a block yes. of cheese or some random garbage like what are those used for because i never really found that i think you could just sell them okay which i never did because i was like is this important i don't know but well, yeah I but think... the, it's like what are the only options that you get to just drop them on the ground <laughs> yeah out of your inventory and i did go to the shopkeep and he didn't offer me offer to buy those items so well, sometimes some other... you'll get an item that like affects gameplay so you might yeah sometimes i'm sp- talking specifically about the stuff that's like just a piece of cheese and you're like okay what does this do oh i don't know <laughs> i thought you getting the platinum it was required for yeah that wasn't but... part of it um well because there's a guy in essentially the goron village whatever the whatever it's called it the steam house the town above the steam house yeah steam town steam town whatever it's called um there's a dude who says that he's working on a pair of goggles and then he's like okay come back later and i'll have them done i'm like okay cool uh came back later he's still working on them and then one of the items i got from one of these emote chests was a pair of goggles (laughs) yes i also assumed that that would be something and it was something (laughs) yeah because then it's like okay well i can drop it out of my inventory maybe i drop it next to him and then like maybe he'll pick him up and be like aha i did it but no nope he didn't acknowledge it so yeah that might be down to you know indie game and they are doing free dlc so maybe there's more stuff there but yeah yes that was that was interesting i was confused by that yeah um a lot of times you will get like costumes and stuff there is a fun well there's a there's a hat and time emote so there's that and then there's a pumpkin jack costume from that other indie game pumpkin jack which is really cute probably actually my favorite costume in the game yeah, there's a bunch of them that I thought just looked really cool, so I was swapping between costumes quite a bit. Yeah, the costumes were, were dope looking. Uh, my One of my favorite side quests has to be the Elevator Man. I love that dude. He just loves I, elevators loves so much. Elevators. Did he swindle you, though? Yeah, if you don't... if He asks you to pay him a certain amount of money to get the elevator working, and if you don't have that amount, then you can be like, okay, I don't have that amount. He's like, okay, but I'll let I'll just do it and then you owe me double later. Um and I was thinking, oh well maybe I'll just go there and then whatever, he'll just forget about it. No, he legitimately just waits for you to actually pay him double. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Which, you know, eventually I got a wallet upgrade, so I was able to do that and then he gives you some item that I can't remember what it was. But it's the stone for, oh, for quest the... you can't complete till way late in the game. Yes, you're just holding this weird rock for the whole game. <laughs> yeah. Uh you yeah, uh, this game does have what are they called in Dark Souls? Essex Essex Flax, right? Yep. Are um, heels that you yeah, here recharge they are, when you save. Here they are what are they are they just plain blue it's fire? Just blue fire. Yeah. The game's name after. Yeah, you start with two of those and then there are a couple side quests you can do and you can buy two of them. You can upgrade that to 10, which is ridiculous. Especially if you pair that with the spirit, which is this game's perk system, that allows you to gain twice as much health back whenever you, you gain health back. Yeah, basically turns all of them into full heals. Yeah, which is like, again, it's, it's, you could really overpower yourself with this game, which is great. And they also refill mana, so if you're using the shield to block attacks, then that also helps. Yeah, uh, I gotta mention the side quests where you find one of the little dudes love. Yes. Because <laughs> that one made me laugh out loud. That was so good. Lost it. Were you, uh, you're, you're delivering a letter or something? And well, then he shows back. up and he's like, "I need to, I'm, I need to tell this lady I love her, uh, so I need something." So you give him a rose that you can find in another area, which is one of those items from the chest we talked about. Yeah, there was also another one. I ended up finding two of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So I gave him one, and then he's like, "Okay, cool. I'm, uh, I'm gonna do it, and then come back and see how it went. So you can leave, and then you can come back, and." <laughs> Uh, then she's there she's there and the first line of dialogue he says is i'm a father now like whoa wait a minute (laughs) i just unloaded the area and came back what happened it's so funny yeah it's it's really good it's really adorable yeah you talk to her and she's like oh yeah we reproduce really quickly it's like oh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's great Uh, also i I like the one where you have to go find the musicians and give them apology letters (laughs) Yeah, they all seem really cool with it. Like, I thought that was something where it's like, oh, none of them were like, oh, no, I'm not going to do this. And they have to do more quests to give them stuff to 
convince them. It's they're no they're just well, like, you know, I think I'm I'm ready to forgive. I think I'm willing to forgive. I'm ready to give him another shot. It's kinda of, kinda of wholesome. It's kinda yeah. of sweet. Which a lot of this game is there's one that is like super sad where you find a kid who wants to see his mom. Yeah, what was up with that? Because I don't know if I ever did find his mom. You don't. You find a I believe you find a family photo. Yeah, and you bring okay. it back to him, and then there's just a spirit there, which I think implies he's dead. Yeah, he just dies before you which get back there. Really sad. Um, I mean, it gives you a pretty good spirit, but like, geez. Yeah, it's depressing. I got a shout out. Shout out to the the um, the tavern where you can buy the blue fire upgrades. There are two of them, and in the back of that tavern, there's a thief. Yeah, and he's like, okay, I could give you an upgraded wallet so you can hold more loot that you steal from this place. And I love how he's like, oh, but I'm I'm being really quiet. Don't blow my cover. But you can hear him from like outside the building. <laughs> it's so funny. He's so funny. And then he's like, go see my ca- cousin, which I don't think I've ever found. Or maybe he's like, go see my cousin. He's super easy to rob from. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, it's really good. Um, what was your favorite area, by the way? Um, I felt like I spent a lot of time in the Fire River. Yeah, that's a really good place. Part of that is because I kept getting turned around, and part of that is because there's a lot of side quests there. Yeah. I ended up really liking the um, the ice tower. Oh, interesting. I thought the sense of verticality to it and then some of the exploits you could do to skip part of the platforming challenges, I found that to be really satisfying. Plus, once you get to the top, you could see the whole area and just free fall to your next place. So, Yeah, it's really cool. That's always a fun feeling. I'm partial to Stoneheart City. I love the way that looks. I love that overgrown, post-apocalyptic vibe. Uh, but it's also kind of homey. Like, there's a weird niceness to it. Yep, there's a bunch of dudes just kind of hanging out. It's very pleasant. Um, it do- It is weird, though, because in Stoneheart City, when you, in order to get to the tavern, you have to do these like precise jumps on these beams. And it's like, yeah. wait, how do any of these other people go to the tavern? <laughs> Can everyone double jump? Maybe that's why they don't stop the thief, because they're like, he can't get away anyway. <laughs> He's just going to go and then either fall to his death or be trapped here. Yeah. How did he get there, though? Yeah, I, I love the um, the city, the Steam City area, too. That's where, all, that's where a lot of the fun dialogue is. Uh, it was probably my favorite temple was the area under that, which the is the Steam area House. that doesn't really count as a temple, but it's laid out like one, so whatever. <laughs> that's the one with the trickiest platforming. It's a lot of moving platforms. It's actually a lot like Mario. It's a lot of moving platforms to jump over waves of stuff that will damage you and stuff like that. I like the two sisters in that area, too, actually. Yeah, the Gerudo ladies. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Just that. What did you think of the boss fights? Um, There was only one boss fight that gave me some degree of trouble. Um, and that was the fire boss simply because he has an attack that if you don't time it like really precisely, then it won't allow you to heal in between it. Yes. It's the one with the most amount of stuff going on too, because he's flying around and then there's also these spinning blades that you have to be constantly jumping over. So it, it, it's the one that, yes, I, I, that one took me uh, quite a few tries. I steamrolled pretty much every other boss, including the final boss. Um, the final boss took me a couple tries. I think just just the two. The other bosses I killed first try. <laughs> yeah, uh, final boss took me... Yeah, I think it took me two attempts as well. What? How did you do the disappearing and cloning attack? So I used the fire spell to hit them okay. from a distance, which would have revealed the fakes. So it was super easy just to hit one and be like, oh wait, she didn't disappear, it's that one. Okay, see, I tried to do that as well, but by the time I did that, and then, like, I would do that, and then she would fire an attack that then reset her cycle. Gotta be so, quick. But, like, to check all of them, like, it, it felt very impossible to do that. It doesn't feel like you had time to check all of them, you just had to, like, like, I, I only ever could check two of them. So it was more just about, like, getting But there's, lucky. like, eight of them. There's only three. No, there's like there's like six at least. No, it's just three. If they're a full circle. I checked. I've done. I did this a couple of times. 
Maybe I just. Maybe I. I don't know. <laughs> I, there would be three behind you. Maybe I just um, kept getting super lucky. I don't know. So I only ever noticed three, and I was like, okay, this is not too head. Um, no, there was at least six for me. The way I managed to do it was just to stand and then hope that the one that I just was next to was always the one. And if it wasn't, then I would dodge the attack and wait for it to reset. Mm. And then just hit that same one over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have I didn't have that problem. Maybe it's just because somebody over here is a pro gamer. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and only has three spirits, three copies instead of six. Somebody's a noob. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I like the final boss. I thought it was a spectacle, but yeah, it was super easy. Okay, let, let's talk about those other open world, like the challenges that replaced the temples for the last couple of areas. One of them, I, well, I think they're both kind of weak, honestly. <laughs> One of them's in the sewers, and you have to like get to the same location in four different ways to open this door, which just felt weird and I didn't love. See, that was fine for me but only because i was doing it while i was doing other side quests so if i was in an area i'm like have i found the secret because it's it's basically every all the other main areas so it's like okay have i found the entrance from this area yet no okay i'll poke around and see if i see what i can yeah. find and that's while i was doing other side quests so it's kind of i just kind of had that in the background i could see it be really annoying if you had to you know seek all of those out intentionally yeah and they do tell you they are like, and it is telegraphed in the area, but like, you know, they t they tell you like, hey, one of these is in the Firefall River, and the one of them is in the abandoned path, and the other two in the sewer. So you know, they do communicate that to you. Um, so it's not like, yeah, if you bad, find that bad. Because <laughs> I didn't find that guy until I already had like two or three of them. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the other one. They took what everybody loved from Twilight Princess, which was the tear hunting. <laughs> yeah, they just uh, did that. <laughs> so you basically find these areas, and then you activate them, these like items, and then you have to run around and collect these these collectibles. I forget how many of them in each area. But it's just like retreading the same environments you've probably cost, crossed a thousand times. Which, if it wasn't that... Like, if it was giving you new areas, I wouldn't be so annoyed about it. But, like... By the time I was doing those, I'm like, I've done this lots of times already. This just feels like padding. Not not too bad. It wasn't like, it didn't take me hours or anything. It only takes a couple minutes, but it was just one of those little things. I'm like, yeah, I wish they had a time or whatever to do more dungeons. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Anything else? Any uh, void challenges that stuck out to you? Um, there was one where it wanted you to just be wall running the whole time while dodging a bunch of saws, which I know I'm describing like three or four of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's one where you have to like climb up these walls using a lot of wall jumps, but then there's like swinging saws and you can't touch the floor or the ceiling. Um, that one stood out to me because I had abilities that let me just kind of skip through the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I posted a t video of that to my Twitter of me just absolutely breaking that challenge in half, and it was a lot of fun. That was the last one I did. Yeah, and it was it's great. Uh, my favorite one is it's another wall running one, um, but this one is set up in a way that you can't really exploit it too much, and it took me forever. But it was really good. And I was really satisfied when I did it. It's um it's one where you had to wall run the entire thing. There's no breaks, no stops, and it's got some spinning walls, so you have to time yourself, your jumps. It almost, like, expects you to have the double dash, I feel like, <laughs> going in. Like, it's it feels like the hardest one of the game, and I, I really liked it. Like, you can't even get on top of the walls because there's spikes on there, so there's no resting spots. So you just have to do it in one go. This is one of the ones I found and then didn't finish because I didn't ever find the double dash. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure where you get that either. Because um, some of the spirits you buy, and then some of them you just find. Yeah, I think I bought all the ones I could have, so it must be one you find. Yeah, but uh, that was probably that. That one just stuck out to me because it was like, oh man, this is like just really well designed, and it's it's so hard. Yeah, is there anything else to mention about Blue Fire? Um, nope. I think you know Roby Studios. However many of you there are in whatever. Uh, 
I guess, apartment building from what the address looked like. You know, keep up the good work. I'm definitely interested to see what the DLC is and whatever your next project is. Absolutely, I, th I think a really nice, nice game and a nice way to start off the year for Safe Station Radio. Yeah, by playing a game from last year that we forgot. <laughs> Look, we didn't forget it. <laughs> we just pushed it away. Yeah, so cool game, definitely, definitely worth checking out. I'm not sure what will be up next on the schedule. Yeah, yeah, this is a weird one. We are working on a Horizon Zero Dawn episode, but. That one will take a bit because it's a long game, so I'm not sure when that will be done. Uh, we're hoping to get it out before the sequel comes out, uh, so you know, pay attention to the feeds. We'll let you know. We'll keep you posted on what's up next, and uh, you can do that at Save Station Pod on Twitter. Yeah, I'll try and be better about actually posting updates there. <laughs> yes, Connor runs that. Uh, where can they find you personally? and I, uh, harass you for forgetting. Uh, you can find me at Conifer SSR. Definitely harass me for forgetting. Um, definitely follow there to find, you know, clips of games I'm playing so you can see me abuse some of the blue fire challenges. Um, where can the people find you, Dustin? You can find me at Dustin H. Dragon on Twitter. Yeah, um, I guess one last thing. If you look back in the feed, our last episode was our, I guess now, annual wrap-up episode for 2020 2021 that's the year <laughs> they're blending together oh no very big episode very fun please go check that out we, we talk about some of the miscellaneous games we played um we had fun categories we did a tier list which is was really fun and we also ranked our personal favorite games of the year just our, our own personal list so it was a great episode so please go check that out uh if you're curious uh, i have to figure out where blue fire is going to slot into that huh <laughs> now that <laughs> yeah, i know it's 2021 <laughs> yeah yeah um anyway thank you for listening and please remember to always be good to each other bye